Coming up on the Behind the Mic podcast, the leash is very short for quarterbacks these days, and it is a lesson every professional athlete should learn, especially if you're going to play quarterback. Plus, Pittsburgh, I'm still not moved. As much as I love Big Ben, it's time to find a new quarterback. Quick, we'll explain why. Also, why we should just be patient with the college football playoff, as well as how it needs to be changed, and a story of why you cannot feed or pet all dogs, couriers. You're behind the mic with Michael Neal Jr. What's happening? Welcome in the Behind the Mic podcast. I am your host, Michael Neal Jr. It's been a year. This is the last day of the year. December 31st, 2020. I'm at the house. Um, it's been an eventful year, especially when it comes to sports. I know that there's been a lot of negatives out there. I personally have experienced plenty of positives. But just thinking back um, all the way at the top of the year, still can't believe what happened just in January. I mean, you had the commissioner, David Stern University. He went down. He died, passed away. Um, then we had what happened with Kobe and his daughter and just all nine of those who died in that helicopter crash. And then we have some good stuff that happened, you know, around that same time. You know, you had the Super Bowl with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs getting their first Super Bowl win in 50 years. Um, the LSU Tigers, they won in convincing fashion. I loved it. Um, and Rudy Gobert, fast forward to that him touching those microphones and then all of a sudden coronavirus and that just rocked the entire world it just shook the entire world the way that that affected everything and the next thing you know you're on streets where they're empty um i remember being a fedex guy being on the streets when everybody was told to stay home with the stay at home order that went down the first time around it was scary um it was very scary um uh, scared of not being able to get enough meat or food, scared of not having any way to wipe my butt, <laughs> scared of of not having any paper towels or, or or shoot, it was a point where I was scared that I wasn't going to be able to work, and it turned out to be the opposite. Things turned up at FedEx, and for me, I was coming in the last couple of months of school. I graduated in October with my bachelor's in sports casting and um and ended up the valedictorian all of that great stuff happened in october but if i go all the way back to may i fell in a water meter injured my knee and i basically those two and a half months that i was down i did make the decision and i knew that that was coming anyway look i'm going to downgrade to part-time come off the road finally from fedex and stay with the company same station and everything but do another job and then seek these other ones um, and start my broadcasting career, which that's happening coming up next month. Um, keep podcasting, keep pushing, but had managers who had a, another agenda and um, long story short, they wanted to keep me out on the road until Christmas was over with. And what happened the day before uh, Christmas Eve, the, the last before the last day, at least for me, um, Went down hurt at the station. Rolled my ankle really good. So I've been gone for uh, over a week. And, um, it, well, about a week week's time. And it's just been interesting. Um, but even in the midst of all of that stuff, the troubles and the positives that I had with between injuries and then having some good things that happened uh, on the other end, it actually has been a pretty good year for me. Um, I've been blessed. My family's been blessed. Um, we got other moves that that are in motion right now. Um, but when you go back to the world, you think about all. And we we did it on the Light Brothers podcast. Of course, catch us on Launchpad DM, Spotify, iTunes, and iHeartRadio. We did our final show yesterday, and uh, that's posted. Uh, spam anyone? <laughs> um, but. We talked about there towards the end just what the, the impact of 2020 was with Nashville. And in Nashville, we had the tornadoes and things that hit. And right when the tornadoes hit, it affected my house 
in particular because my wife ended up losing her shop. It was her and two other stylists. On top of that, you had some others that were affected that were in that same building. Um, but thank God for grace. They found other spots, some at home, some um, my wife actually got her own space. Um, it actually is now the proprietor and she runs her own salon now, which that was great. But at the time she was having to travel, mask up and spray everything down. And it was crazy. The whole the whole year has been just up and down crazy. Um, but I'm thankful. On the sports front, we saw some some good things. We saw some some bad things. Uh, you think about how the shutdown of the NBA season happened. The Olympics said, "Well, guess that's it for that." Major League Baseball put on pause, and then uh, you know go with the other sports: tennis, golf, horse racing, etc. Dana White brought things back. Said, "Hey, look, we're going to do this Fight Island thing," and it worked. Then boxing and auto racing golf and there was a point where i did a, a show talking about get used to it because at the time that's what it was going to be and then thank god the WNBA, nba mlb mls the nhl they came back um and they did for the most part those sports did a did a bubble uh i'm glad that mlb made it through because the last game of the world series justin turner ended up testing positive uh for the coronavirus and he was out celebrating. He got pulled from the game late and then came back during the celebration with no mask. <laughs> we all know what happened. Uh, congratulations to the Seattle Storm, the L.A. Lakers, the Dodgers, the Columbus Crew, Tampa Bay Lightning. They won championships during this COVID year. Um, you saw the social justice and everything that went down. Black Lives Matter, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and several others. We got introduced, not me, because we were doing Zoom meetings already, but you had the, the Zoom meetings um, that everybody's gotten used to with their family, with their jobs, um, with travel, no fans in stadiums, the NFL draft. Um, and the, Oh, then there was D Dustin Johnson, excuse me, Dustin Johnson winning the green jacket at the Masters. That was great, too. Um, but now we're here. Um, the NFL season has... It's here at, at its apex. I mean, it's at, at the end of the regular season, week 17. This week, all the games will be on Sunday. And we already have seen some changes that have been made, um, some things that have affected this week, um, um, some unfortunate things that are affecting some of the players who will not be participating in games. Um, but, look, it, it's it's what it is. You have to make adjustments. So, with all that being said, I'm going to start right here. So, not for long. Jerry Glanville, I first heard say that it was one of those NFL um, things that they caught on tape and, you know, that he was talking to a uh, an official because of a call he did not agree with. He said, "Not that means not for long because, you know, he said, you'll, you'll be back in groceries or something like that. Not for long. That's what the NFL stands for. It is some advice that I gave to my son a long time ago because he's a basketball player. And I told him, uh, first of all, make sure that you get good grades, you get into a really good school, and make sure you, you, know, you do what you're supposed to do when it comes to your physical as well as your educational needs. Um, and just make sure that you're well-rounded because there's so many other people that are trying to do the exact same thing that you're doing. There's a long line for one job. There always is. And it's, 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 it's something that athletes, I don't think they always think about, but if you think about all the athletes there are out there in the world, they play all of these different sports, and everybody has those hopes and dreams of becoming a professional athlete. Because they believe in their ability. They don't see anything else. They don't think anybody is better than they are until it happens, right? We, we heard Charles Barkley talking about, this is NBA, but Charles Barkley, and I believe it was, what, the 93 finals, he was talking about how he didn't think that Michael Jordan or anybody else was better than he was until he faced Mike and uh, he had to, had a come-to-Jesus moment and said, yeah, yeah he's better than me. <laughs> you know, you, you never think that. And you can 
say that about any athlete on any level. All right, that's the reason why so many athletes can be overconfident. They say some of the things that they do. And some of those things we don't like very much. You know, supposedly that's probably why people don't like LeBron James or Richard Sherman or any other athlete that that talks the way that they do at times. They can be humble, but then they can really be braggadocial, right? Um, but not only do they boast on what they can do, but they actually back it up. So, but think about this. There's not that many of those jobs out there. Everybody wants to start, right? In the NBA, college basketball, high school basketball, there are only five positions. You want to be one of those five. In the NFL, if you just think about the players that are on the field, there's going to be 22 out there, offense and defense. Even think about even the industry that I'm trying to get into. There's only so many microphones that's in the studio. Some guys are solo and some, some ladies and gentlemen, are. there's multiple. But there's very few of those jobs, and it's very competitive. Sports is very competitive. That's the reason why I told my son, you have to be ready and willing to sacrifice and do what you need to do, no matter what it is, in order to make it. Because not only can you make it, but you want to be able to stay there, right? <laughs> what does all that mean? It means if you want to be, you want to stay on top, you have to be prepared, have the right attitude on and off the field. Think about Tom Brady. That's the reason why I love Tom Brady so much. I used to root against him at times. It was a long ways away from when we were rooting for the Rams to beat the beat the um, what was it, the Rams? No, 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 no. Um, when we were rooting for the Rams to lose, we wanted. I wanted. Tom Brady and the Patriots because they were brand new. I wanted them to beat the Rams because they beat the Titans the year before. And the next thing you know, you know how it is in sports. If someone stays on top too long, there's like, all right, somebody else's turn, unless you're a fan of that team or that athlete, right? So Tom Brady, he's always had the attitude that I haven't made it. I haven't made it. And I'm not, I'm not there. Even with all of the accolades he's had, all of the Super Bowl championships, he's got six rings. He's been to the Super Bowl all of these times, eight, nine times, nine times. He's been to the Super Bowl that many times, and he still carries that chip on his shoulder. You don't hear him brag. And even LeBron James, although he can brag at times, but he's still pushing and working to get that next chip. Yes, he was sitting in the middle of the floor after that bubble championship with his arms around his knees. My mindset was this. He's thinking about how to get to another one. And that's the way it should be. Your mind needs to be there. Not every athlete thinks like that. That's the reason why they're hated. They're hated because they're great. Now, there are other things that go along with that, and you're not going to like all of it, but we don't want, just be honest, you don't want false humility. Because there's not too many humble athletes out there. Even when they're out to shoot. I know that people think of me as humble. But I will talk to you. And there's a certain stuff that will come out of me if we're playing basketball. Or especially when we were playing football. Because I was a football player. Yes, I, I stayed quiet and I let my performance do the talking. But if you opened your mouth, after a while, something was going to come out of me. Not just my play, but I was going to do you. You was going to get done up one way or another. You look at Tom Brady and and how he performed. Um, look at Belichick and the Patriots now. I mean, Bill Belichick is still the greatest coach of all time, and he's done an amazing job with a quarterback that only threw five touchdowns in 13 games so far. He's still They found a way to win six games. But when you have Belichick plus Tom Brady – and all of those other pieces that are important, that are in place, that's when you have championships. That's why I respect Jerry Rice so much. He came from nothing. He wasn't supposed to be drafted like that. Bill, Bill Walsh happened to be in the hotel room flipping through the channels and saw Jerry Rice on television. They showed, I think it was like a four or five touchdown reception performance by Jerry. Small town, Mississippi Valley State wide receiver. And he moved up. They just won the Super Bowl in 84, 85. 
They was, it was the 84 49ers in 1985. He said he was in a hotel room flipping through channels and he saw Jerry Rice on the screen. They moved up to draft him. The rest is history. And that dude was motivated to be the best. He didn't want anybody to take his job. Nobody to take his job. So I took a long way to make this to make this point. But there is kind of a problem with some modern day athletes. I'm not saying all of them, some of them. They want to stick their career in a microwave, hit 30 seconds, and boom, I want it now. And that doesn't work that way. It never worked that way. You have to some things come easier for other athletes and some other things are a little bit harder. And that's just the way that that is, right? So, Dwayne Haskins, Josh Rosen, these are two guys that were moved off quickly. It's not the way it used to be. There's not as much patience anymore by fans or organizations. Now, Josh Rosen, his play was the reason why he's a practice squad player on his third team already. He was selected in the first round, too. Two years later, he is a practice squad player, if I'm thinking correctly, if he hasn't moved around with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He goes from the Cardinals to the Dolphins to practice squad. Dwayne Haskins, he just got cut. He got cut by the Washington football team. So look at the timeline with him. We already know what he did as an Ohio State quarterback. One season, he started as a, as a redshirt sophomore. He broke multiple Ohio State passing records and Big Ten passing records. He threw, what, 4,800 yards, 50 touchdowns, and only eight interceptions and had like 70% passing. Drafted 15th of the 11 quarterbacks. He was behind Daniel Jones and Kyler Murray, who was the first pick in that draft. Now, guys, now the thing is, it's not so much about playing right away, but can you not only play, but will you stay in that position? Well, Daniel's son, Daniel Snyder's son, played a big role in Dwayne Haskins being drafted. There was a, a tweet by Warren Sharp at Sharp Football. This was on the day of the draft, the first round, okay? Haskins went to high school with Daniel Snyder's son. Daniel Snyder sat in on just one interview at the Combine. That was Dwayne Haskins. Daniel Snyder is, quote, taking over the first round, end quote, of the draft. The last time he did assume control like that, he traded up two ones and a two for RG3. What does that mean? You got a, a meddling owner who doesn't know football. Now, I understand the 50 touchdowns and all that stuff, but apparently, according to Diana Rossini, the coaching staff, as well as the owner, they were not on the same page. Why? And I read this quote on uh, yesterday's show. Diana Rossini, at Rossini ESPN, I will never forget the week leading up to the draft. In 19, 2019, a member of the Washington coaching staff told me he was going to actually throw up in the war room because ownership wasn't listening. That means Daniel Snyder. Coaches didn't believe Haskins was the right person to be the future of the franchise. Meaning what? He wasn't mature enough. So if you run down some of his mistakes, and we may not even know all of them, other than him running out with the wrong pant, practice pants on one day. In his first career win against the Lions in Week 12 last year, backup quarterback Case Keenum had to take the final kneel down because what was Haskins doing? He was busy taking selfies with fans or a selfie with the fans in the stand. Later on, he was bragging about his first 300-yard game after they got beat down by the Ravens 31-17. Some of the Washington uh, football team, his teammates hurt, overheard this. It wasn't a big deal, but when some of them heard it, they didn't take too kindly to that. 
twice he's violated NFL COVID-19 protocols this season and the latest when he got caught in the shake joint maskless at his girlfriend's birthday party. Of course, he got fined 40 grand, 40 stacks, and he was stripped of his captaincy. Eh, okay. Mix that with him basically being known as unprepared because of poor study habits. 3-10 and 10 as a starter, over 2,800 yards passing in two years and 12 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. Now, what's fair or unfair to ask of young athletes? You see, older people, whether they're my age, 43, or older than that, maybe a little bit younger than me, they've been around the block and they want athletes to already be mature. And I understand that. They want them to think like they do. And that's, you know, the truth is that's not realistic. If you were you thinking like this at 22, 23? No. But here's the problem with that theory, which is a true. It's not necessarily a theory, but the wrench that you could throw in that is that there have been too many success stories, too many other young athletes that have shown maturity. Too many of them. Too many of them. And when you go back and you look at, you know, some of these quarterbacks, because now it's rare for a quarterback to wait around, um, you know, for a job and, when you if you go back and you watch that 2019 draft, Haskins laughed when Daniel Jones was selected. Well, as a lot of us did, <laughs> Daniel Jones turns out he was he's all right. He's all right. You probably could do better, but that team is not that great anyway. But um, he laughed. Now he's out of the league less than two years. Well, really less than a year. Now, you can argue that, look, it was a COVID year and he, you know, there was no true offseason for him to get ready and things like that. Apparently, he had issues with being prepared anyway, offseason or not. And on top of that, apparently he had problems being mature. There are a lot of people standing behind him and a lot of other quarterbacks, not saying all of them are qualified. But when you think about all of the other quarterbacks that are coming in year after year after year, look, someone's always looking over your shoulder while they're talking to you, thinking about the next person behind you. Because one day you can get hurt. One day you could be inept. One day you may get too old and we're going to have to get the next guy. We have to be prepared. We have to be prepared for the next head coach. We have to be prepared for the next offensive coordinator because people change jobs like they change draws. Tell me I'm lying. Tell me I'm wrong. I mean, this year you got Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Kyle Trask, Mac Jones, and God knows who else because you don't necessarily have to be drafted in the first round to be great. It's just all about your work effort, uh, work ethic. So, I mean, some guys, they, they get upset when they get drafted low and they don't like when they're benched. Carson Wentz, maybe you should play like a backup. So, you know, I mean, I even went through looking at how rare it is for quarterbacks to wait. And there's some guys who, it, I mean, the, the lease is, like I said, it's short. Now, Brett Favre was being waited out three years after they drafted Aaron Rodgers. The rest is history. Alex Smith, the same year that he that Patrick Mahomes was drafted to the Chiefs, Alex Smith had his career year. Didn't matter. They sent him packing to the Washington football team. Kurt Warner, he had won a Super Bowl with the Rams and went to another. Now, he was kind of hanging on by a very thin thread like a pair of old Fruit of the Loom draws, that last piece of fruit hanging on before it falls off and nine games in Eli Manning who was selected at the top of that draft he ended up with the job so you know you have stuff that happens and if you get hurt or, or so, I mean look at this year just this year alone or matter of fact let's go back uh to the Cleveland Browns who was the first pick in 18 Baker Mayfield who was the star quarterback Tyrod Taylor Tyrod ended up Getting that he got hurt in week three. Mayfield takes over and that's it, right? And pulled Tyrod this year after the first week. 
Things were looking good. Week two, the darn doctor shot him in the ribs and broke a rib, injured his ribs, giving him an injection. Justin Herbert gets the tap on the shoulder the day, the, right before the game starts. You it. Let's go. Call the first play. He's probably going to be the in uh, the uh, NFL's rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. 4,000 yards, he set the record for touchdown passes by a rookie, breaking Baker Mayfield's old record of 27. He has 28. He's going to throw some more this Sunday. So what happened with Carson Wentz? Carson Wentz wasn't going to be the starter after being the second pick in the draft back in 2016. But the Eagles traded Sam Bradford away to Minnesota. Wentz got the job. And here we are a couple years later. After he even won a Super Bowl and he wasn't a part of that, his supposed MVP year, had he stayed healthy and not torn his ACL against the Rams, I believe it was. Now, Jalen Hurston took his job because Carson is playing like T-R-A-S-H. I mean, look, I just work here. I mean, don't kill the messenger. But Dwayne Haskins, my message is this. To those who don't like that he got cut that fast, some, some, sometimes I'm just going to be honest. A lot of us would like to make it. I'm an African-American male and we want to make everything. It's because I'm black. Well, sometimes it is. But then with this, this right here, no, it's because he can't play. He's not good enough right now. And on top of that, you have to have your P's and Q's in order. The next team, if he gets on the next team, dude, you know to do the opposite or what you try in Washington, you need to have your books in front of you studying your stuff. You need to make sure you know what you're doing because that those opportunities are so few and far between. 32 NFL teams, there's only 32 of those starting jobs. And at best, 64 if you're going to be a backup. And not everybody keeps three quarterbacks on a team. They don't keep a, three quarterbacks on a roster. What happened earlier this season when he was in there? Ron Rivera is not playing that. He put, uh, what, a couple games in, he not only, he didn't demote Dwayne Haskins to being a backup, he ended up third string. Third string. So, what's the lesson here? Pay attention. Do what you're supposed to do. Like I told my son, there's a very long line of people for that one job. Do what you're supposed to do. Okay, I'm not going to stay too long on this because I missed the week. I was supposed to do this last week. All right, because after the Pittsburgh Steelers lost to the Cincinnati Bengals. I want to say it was around that same time. I believe it was before they lost to the Cincinnati Bengals. I put a little post on social media and I basically said that the Baltimore Ravens are the best team in the AFC North, period. And I also said that we are a Big Ben injury away and I said we because I am a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I'm trying to get away from that we stuff, but I'm just explaining what I said. I'm just trying to explain what I said. I just told them, I told the, told the world, whoever saw it, whoever was listening, whoever bothered to read it, I'm not on that level yet, but those who bothered to read it, I just said this. We're a big Ben injury away from being at the bottom of the AFC North. Now, I think that I'm being a little bit, um, I was being a little bit, I was going a little overboard because Pittsburgh isn't that bad. They really aren't. But I was thinking about the quarterbacks because the Baltimore Ravens, even though I still don't believe totally, I, I don't trust Lamar Jackson if they are behind in the game. I don't because he's not going to be able to really throw them out of it. Can he do it once, every once in a while? Well, what they say? A squirrel, any squirrel, a blind squirrel can find a nut every now and then, right? Um, and then I'm looking at the Cleveland Browns. 
Their defense is a lot better. Yes, they just lost to the Jets. I get it. They were down some receivers, and look, I'm not giving them no excuse. They still had their running backs. They still had their linemen, and yet they still threw the football 53 times. But truth be told, when you get word the day before game day and you've already put your game plan in place, um, you don't – you can't just change things up that fast, especially if you're not practicing the way that you normally would and not getting to see each other like you normally would. So the game plan against the Jets was probably to run it a little bit and be able to throw the football. So they stuck with the game plan. Still had a chance to win the game, though. Still had a chance to win the game. But anywho, um, and then there's the, but the fact that they have Baker Mayfield uh, and Kevin Stefanski, and that that offense is actually more dangerous than it ever has been because there's no OBJ that they're trying to force the football to. That's the way that I see it. I, I don't think it's uh, Ray Charles could see that. And then there's uh, Joey Ball game. Joey Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow. I love that dude. I really do. I'm not a Bengals fan by any stretch of the imagination, but I love Joe Burrow, and I trust that if he was going to do what he did before. He tore up his leg. If they get it right on defense, there's no telling what they can do. If they can improve their offensive line, there's no telling what they can do. So um, Pittsburgh, what is their problem? I think because we keep saying they need to run the football. They need to run the football. I'm thinking that they just can't. I really am. After the last couple of years, we've said that since Le'Veon Bell left Pittsburgh. Now, yes, James Conner had a really good season. He's had some good seasons behind him. Not great, though. He's not Le'Veon Bell. And now we're kind of running back by committee. And on top of that, Conner can't stay healthy. All right, I'm just going off cuff right now. No notes. I'm not looking at notes. Well, I, mean, I need to get back to my notes. But I'm just saying that Pittsburgh has a lot of issues still. When you, okay, so thinking at the beginning of the season, and looking at the way that they have done all year, what I said, what, last week, whatever the last show was, the show that I, I basically said this, what you see at the beginning is not what you will see at the end. All right. But then some stuff, what you're seeing all year long and they keep doing it and this week 16, 17, they're still doing it. Pittsburgh, they're not running the football and they're throwing a bunch of short passes. That's who they are. And there's a reason for it. See, here's the thing. As fans and people who are just on the outside looking in, the outsiders, all you can see is what's going on in front of you, right? But then you don't always get to see the why. And they're not always going to coaching staffs and the players. They're not always going to tell you the why until you get those insiders that can relate to you stuff. And even they're not told everything. But all you have to do is watch. Okay, so if you're trying to protect Big Ben, there's two ways to do that. One, you run the football. Two, you throw short passes. A guy coming off of elbow surgery, he's throwing as many passes as he ever has. Yes, two seconds and the ball is gone. I understand that. And it's made it a whole lot easier for the defense to cover them. Add that plus all of the injuries on the defensive side, especially those who were let's just say that I mean they're impact players and I you know you always going to hear some people say even my 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 man Dan Patrick I've had friends of mine say everybody has injuries yeah that's true but let me ask you a question when it comes to injuries do you not notice a difference between the impact players that are out as opposed to the ones that just fill ins and there's no fall off there's a difference but when you have where you have injuries and actually Who's injured? So you're going to tell me everybody has injuries. Well, let me take Patrick Mahomes off of the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, okay. Let's say for the what's been the difference from for the, um, you know, as far as on, on defense for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think it was just as much Bud, Bud Dupree as has been J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt's a bad boy. But when you got two of those guys, J.J. Watt, I mean, T.J., excuse me, I said J.J. T.J. Watt is being double and triple teamed now, right? So, you know, you got some issues there. 
there are some issues. That's the reason why I said with Bill Belichick, the way he's coaching his team, having eight opt-outs, uh, including guys like Marcus Cannon on the offensive line and Dante Tower and Patrick Chung. He had all his, all four of his linebackers, all the starting linebackers. All right, And then you got a bad quarterback on top of that. 11 players on IR. Sometimes it's just coaching, you know. But then, too, I would argue, um, you know, look, the the AFC the the, the AFC North has uh, has improved greatly, and although the Bengals have been bad, they've been improved through Joe Burrow. Um, but when you lose guys like that, it's just I mean, you can't you can't when you're playing a backup safety at linebacker. I mean, I can't help you. I really can't. Now, as far as the quarterback, let's get to the quarterback, what I was really trying to get to. I'm sorry I had to rant there for a minute. So, the Steelers come back to win against the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday. And, I mean, I was happy. I I, I had all but given up, you know, down 17 points. I'm like, there's no way. At, at this point, we've seen this movie before. But thank God that old man Rivers couldn't keep up. Now, what I keep hearing is that the Indianapolis Colts are not that great as far as adjusting and holding a lead. Their defense tires out a lot. And then there's the fact that it is like week 16 going into week 17. So that kind of helped out. And then you had some timely penalties, pass interference penalties. They came back and did it. And then Big Ben throws the, the touchdown to Juju Smith-Schuster to win it that they pretty much proved to be the game winner. I'll take it. I'll take it. But my whole thing is this. You take Big Ben off that team, then we're probably at the bottom or near the bottom of the AFC North anyway. We don't win the North. Um, the defense is going to be pretty decent. But offensively, there's nobody on that roster. You're going to see Sunday. Um, I don't think Big Ben is playing. So – you know, we need another quarterback. I'm always looking forward into the future, trying trying to see who the, the next quarterback is going to be. I was hoping that it was Sam Darnold. And the New York Jets not only won one game, now they've won two games. There is no Sam Darnold because they're going to keep him. I believe that they will. They could pick Justin Fields and maybe there's still a chance, but I'm looking for the next Sam Darnold. I watched Elway to Marino, that 30 for 30. Um, on ESPN, and I remember how Terry Bradshaw was really upset with John Elway because Elway didn't want to go to the Colts, the Baltimore Colts at the time, because they were a bad franchise. He didn't like the coach, and he wasn't really, you know, that high on the owner. But um, here's the thing. They passed on draft in Dan Marino, the Pittsburgh Steelers did, trying to – do it all over again. Chuck Knoll wanted to get that cornerstone defensive guy to 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 go after the quarterback just like he did in 69 when he drafted Mean Joe Green. It was looking like it was good. Senior sack, Gabe Rivera. Well, what happened? He got thrown, he got drunk one night and got thrown out the back of his 380Z and was paralyzed for the rest of his life. Not only that, the first game of the season. Terry Bradshaw was like, go play baseball. Because Elway said, I'll play baseball for the Yankees instead of playing football. He tore a ligament in his elbow, ended his career. Over the next 21 years, this is what I'm trying to avoid. But this is what happened over the next 21 years. Even with the Roonies. Cliff Stout. These are the quarterbacks that started for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Cliff Stout, Mark Malone, David Woodley. Scott Campbell, Bubby Brister, Steve Bono, Ty Blackledge, Neil O'Donnell, Mike Tomzak, Jim Miller, Cordell Stewart, Kent Graham, Tommy Maddox, and then Big Ben. You know, you had your Charlie Batch and your Dennis Dixon, Byron Leftwich, and Landry Jones, all backups. But Big Ben has been the guy there, right? I'm looking for the next one. I'm looking for the next one. So, you know... I'm, I am looking to see how the season is going to end. So far, yes, we came back against Indianapolis, needed to win that. Uh, now we play at Cleveland. We're probably, I don't know, we're probably going to lose that game depending on what Cleveland is trying to do. 
Cleveland, as far as quarterbacks, they've had it much, much worse. I think they had an NFL record number of quarterbacks to start for them over the last, what, 15 to 20 years has been really bad. Um, and I be, I do know that Mason Rudolph is not the answer. Neither was Duck Hodges. But Pittsburgh, you know what to do. All right, we're back. Um, we're going to do some quick news. But before that, not to mention an article I read on The Athletic. Yes, I am a subscriber to The Athletic. Ed Bouchette of The Athletic, he had an article on Pittsburgh's free agency and salary cap issues for next season. Not only are we going to need to find a new quarterback, but there's a possibility that there's a lot of starters that Pittsburgh will not have back. And some of those players like Juju Smith-Schuster, Bud Dupree, tackle Alejandro Villanueva. All right, so they were listed among uh, the top 50 free agents for 2021. And not only that, you got James Conner. There are eight players that count as starters that are among the 17 for Pittsburgh that could become unrestricted free agents next year. According to the contracts compiled, compiled, <laughs> compiled by OverTheCap.com, two more backups will be restricted free agents, and five others exclusive rights free agents. And I'm gonna read this. They include some of the most important players on the team. Again, Dupree, Juju, Villanueva, Connor, Mike Hilton, the nickel, nickel corner, Tyson Alulu. Starting guard Matt Filer uh, and Zach Banner. Okay, so and he opened the season as the starting right tackle, and he tore his ACL. So I mean, we got some issues um, coming up twenty twenty one. It's almost like we may be hitting the reset button, depending on what we're who we're able to sign, who Pittsburgh is able to sign. I'm working on that. I promise. I promise. All right, NBA Becky Hammond became the first woman to act as head coach in an NBA regular season game. Greg Popovich, um, in a loss to the Lakers last night, was ejected with just under four minutes left in the second quarter, just before the half. And he pointed at Becky and said, you got it, it's you. And she became the first woman to coach. She got a lot of congratulations, a lot of firsts. This year for women. NFL, according to NFL.com, this broke today. The Dolphins will be without their closer this weekend. Miami quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick, no Fitz magic for them this week, tested positive for COVID-19 and is out for Sunday's game against the Bills. NFL Network's Tom Pelissaro and NFL Network in, insider Ian Rappaport reported. Around the NFL, we'll have more on this story soon. Yeah, Tua, you ain't got to worry about getting pulled this week. ESPN's Jake Trotter, according to ESPN's Jake Trotter, for the second consecutive day, the Cleveland Browns, speaking of the Browns, have shut down the practice facility to conduct contact tracing after two more players tested positive for COVID-19. Tight end Harrison Bryant and linebacker Malcolm Smith were the two players who tested positive, a league source told ESPN. Bryant had been placed on the reserve COVID-19 list Tuesday after being identified as high-risk close contact to another individual who had tested positive outside the building. And Smith will be added to the list today. He's probably on there now. It says Thursday, but that's today. The Browns have been dealing with coronavirus issues since Saturday last week when they had to place their top four wide receivers on the reserve COVID-19 list as high-risk close contract contacts. And fast-forwarding Coach Kevin Stefanski said those receivers, Jarvis Landry, Richard Higgins, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Kadrell Hodge, and linebacker Jacob Phillips will come off the reserve list and practice today. So they practiced today. Also, Dalvin Cook, he lost his father, James Cook. He is going to be out Sunday versus the Lions, and he has returned home uh, due to his father's death. And also his younger brother, James, James Jr., I'm presuming, um, also returned home. And 
James Cook is the second leading rusher for the Georgia Bulldogs, and he will be missing the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl on New Year's Day. More from college football, the Miami Hurricanes quarterback, Derek King, will undergo surgery for a torn ACL in his right knee, but the school said he is expected to be available for the start of 2021 fall camp. This, according to Andrea Alderson, senior ESPN writer. Uh, This is big. Clemson offensive coordinator, I think this broke yesterday. Clemson offensive coordinator Tony Elliott will miss the college football playoff semifinal against Ohio State on Friday after testing positive for COVID-19, according to Coach Dabo Sweeney. And he has been the offensive play caller for the past six years. He will not be in New Orleans for the All-State Sugar Bowl. But the good thing is Elliott did not have any symptoms. But he will be in communication with the team via Zoom up until game time and speaking of which the college football playoff is set um on new year's day that's going to be tomorrow alabama clemson ohio state notre dame the games are the rose bowl the first game i believe will be at the rose bowl at AT at&t stadium in dallas number four notre dame 10 and 1 against alabama top ranked alabama who is 11 and 0 sec champs third ranked ohio state 6 and 0 (laughs) versus number two clemson who was 10 and one man Dabo went in on uh, Ohio state said, look, he ranked them number 11. And, and if I have it correct, he basically said he didn't rank anybody high that didn't play uh, that many games. Just paraphrasing. I've always said this and it's true that there are plenty of people in uppity places that could care less about what happens to average or below average people and their problems. All right, they live in different communities. They go to different schools. They drive different cars. All right, so we've seen um, examples of this in life, and it's no different when it comes to the college football playoff. And I understand that. I I, t- I totally get it. Um, the Big Ten they made a concession for Ohio State to be in the Big Ten championship, and basically, you know, the Big Ten changed the rules because at first they said you have to play at least. Uh, was it six regular season games? They only played five at the time. And it wasn't exactly Ohio State's fault that those games that they uh, had canceled were canceled, even though they had some COVID issues of their own. When they played Michigan State, I think they were down like 23 players. They sent their best salesman. It's about money. Yes, it is about money. All right, that is that is no secret. Uh College football is the bread maker. I listened to John Middlecoff. He's a former NFL scout, and his podcast is called, oh, man, um, not Behind the Sticks. I'll think of it in a minute. But he said something that, um, that I, I agree with totally. I'll just kind of paraphrase it. He basically said, you know, it, it doesn't make sense for uh, governors to tell restaurants to close and then they're able to go to certain restaurants and pay $500 for a meal. So you're going to shut down the small businesses and still go to the, the well-established businesses. Where am I going with this? I don't like it any more than you do that teams like Coastal Carolina, uh, they're never going to have a shot at the national championship. They're not. So what needs to happen? It's already been discussed. Yes, they need to break off uh however they need to do it they need to have their own championship i think the power five needs to have their own stuff they just need to separate they're just not they're saying it they're just not audibly saying it you're not worthy but what i'm here to tell you to do you know as far as because people are mad about ohio state being able to sneak in some of them are look it's gonna pan out be patient it's gonna pan out it is. It's going to pan out. We already see, you know, because Clemson, they already took care of that last year, right? And that team was pretty good that they played in Ohio State. A lot of draft picks, right? But this year, Ohio State is not as great. They're not. They played six games, so they're probably a lot more rested or whatnot. They did not look good in the Big Ten championship game. They did not. 
They didn't. And, you know, I'm I'm almost, I'm really surprised that they did not get beat. Northwestern hung in there. They hung in there until they couldn't do it anymore. Shoot, even there towards the end. If they don't let Trey Sermon run for 800 yards in one game against them, <laughs> then they're probably able to handle it. But they 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 didn't handle that uh, that part of Ohio State's offense. The passing game was during near non-existent. They got it done. Ohio State got it done. Um, it is very impressive, Ryan Day's team. But if that's the way that they're going to attempt to play uh, Clemson, I can't wait to watch it. I really can't. So you know, but I think it's going to pan out. And here's the other thing: for those who don't like the better teams being up there, tired of Alabama, you you can close your eyes. Next year is going to be the same way. Look, all you have to do is look at the recruiting. Look at the top ten recruiting schools, and probably you want to move up around the top five or so. It's always going to be Alabama. It's going to be Ohio State. It's going to be Clemson. It's going to be those teams. And as a matter of fact, I'm looking at it right now, 247sports.com. These are the top five teams in recruiting as of right now. Alabama, start from the top, Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, LSU, Clemson. Does anybody see any similarities? You want me to finish the type, the top ten? Here it goes. Oregon, Texas A&M, Notre Dame, Oklahoma and Florida. Just on the outside looking in is Miami, Michigan. I don't even believe in Michigan. Michigan, North Carolina, USC. USC and uh, Tennessee. Tennessee, I'm a Tennessee fan. Unless y'all get a quarterback in there that's going to be worth something, it's probably not going to matter how high because we've been in those teens and close to the top ten a lot, and what we have to show for it. So I had to vent. But what I'm saying is that, look, just get used to it. Or just become an Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, or Georgia fan. You know, LSU, they may bounce back. I don't know. I don't know. But, look, just get used to it. It's, that's what it's going to be. But it's going to pan out. I believe that Clemson is going to play their best football, and they're going to smack down Ohio State. It's not going to be pretty. That's what I believe. I believe Alabama, I think everybody believes that, unless you're a Notre Dame fan. Notre Dame is going to take care of that business early. Short work. It's going to be a rematch. Alabama and Clemson in the national championship. Now, from there, we'll have to talk about that next week. Or maybe week after next. All right, it's closing time. And you know what time it is. That's right, ladies and gentlemen and kids. It's story time with Uncle Mike. You know what to do. Get your blankets. Get your uh, your sleeping bags, whatever it is that you sleep on. I sleep on the couch a lot. Not because my wife uh, puts me out of the bed. It's so comfortable. And she has to come in there and try to wake me up and bring me to our bed. Very comfortable couch. But, um, all right, so... I'm done as a Federal Express courier. I'm going to be working in the office of the station that I've been in for the last 21 years. But I'm still going to give you all the scoops and give you the stories. And look, not all the stories will be my own. And I'll let you know when. So far, they've been my stories, things that I have personally experienced. But this is one from when I was once again out there in that country we love to call Robertson County, Tennessee, in Springfield, Tennessee. I had a buddy that I ran into during peak uh, that came through our station. He used to be a courier with us out there in Springfield. And there was a house that he went to, and it was a mutt. Don't know what the dog was mixed with. And he said he got out of his truck, cut the truck off, you know, got out of his truck. The dog was, you know, barking and kind of happy looking. And he walked up, he had a phone, and those phones back then, you had to get a signature for them. So he went, you know, had, uh, we always kept dog biscuits. You know, we, we kept them in our truck. Even when I did his truck driving, his dust buster of a truck, I love you, Brian. But he had some in his pocket, you know, and 
you know, he, he he brought him in his hand and he said that he he fed the dog, gave him a couple of dog biscuits, and the dog was eating them, let him pet him and everything. He got one step, took one step onto the porch, and the dog just lit into his leg. Lit into his leg. I don't remember the exact time that he was out. He, some kind of way he got back to his truck after that dog ate him up. His inner thigh and his leg was just ate all up. Um, he was out at least two months. I, I think it was at least two months. I'm, I, I don't know what became, uh, whether there was a lawsuit or what. But guess who ended up having to be on that route all that, just about all of that time, most of that time? Moi, yours truly. So Mike Neal had to get in the truck and... I, I had to ask, okay, what was the address? Where was the house at? And I, I found out, I won't tell it, but it was it was deep off in Springfield. And a lot of those, uh, if you remember the story I told about me getting out of the van and having to jump into the back of the truck because a big rock wall the size of a 65-inch TV, that was just the head, was coming after me. Yeah, it was still in that same vicinity, but this was on another road. And I got out of my, I actually got a package for them, and it was a phone again. Um, I pulled up. I said, "Oh, that's the dog." I heard seen them dog. The dog is still running loose because a lot of those dogs run loose out there in Springfield. And I said, "Okay, well, here we go." But I'm not getting out, so I think I kept the truck running, and I just sat there, and I blew my horn. I just sat there in my seat. The dogs barking and going on. <laughs> And the lady runs out like, don't get out. I yelled back. I wasn't. Don't even worry about it. I wasn't. I didn't say anything about the courier before. I was like, here you go. You know, uh, have a good one. Probably about a week later, I drove through that same area. They left. They had moved. Vacated the premises. I don't know if it was a lawsuit or what, but when you leave dogs out like that, um, I understand if you're trying to protect your property, but if you know you're getting a package, help a brother out, help a sister out, put your dog away. If you really want it, then you'll put it away because some of us, it's automatic. If there's a dog running around like that, we got these door tags we leave on the door. Well, we'll leave it on your mailbox. I'm not blowing my horn or nothing. I'm just leaving a door tag because apparently you don't want the package. Well, I don't know when, when you're coming. Put the dog away. If you're not home, that's one thing. But if you're home and the dog is running out, sorry. Your loss. Your loss. So, you know, that it's, it's one of those things. I got I had a dog that's on my, I guess you could say now former route. This dog is in more of a congested neighborhood in what we call the nations. And for anybody that knows, I'm talking about Couch Drive. I will not call out the address, but on Couch Drive, there's a werewolf on a chain that is, it looks like one of those chains that a battleship would pull the anchor from the ocean floor up with. And the dog's chain is long enough to reach from the house to the street. I don't know how the mailman even puts the darn mail in the mailbox. So why would you have a dog that's trying to kill people Every car that drives by, everybody walks. I don't even think kids even ride their bikes down that street. All I got to say is if that dog ever gets loose and gets gets somebody, that dude, he, he'll be moving too. All right, look, that's it. Um, Very eventful year. I loved every second of it uh, for the most part. I understand we had some real, real trials you know the virus is probably the only that's the only thing obviously that um you know that 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 got up under the skin of of everybody on the earth but you know i guess i'm lying i didn't love every second of it yeah i'm lying forgive me i didn't love every second of it i loved every second of doing this podcast it's what i love to do um it's my first love other than my wife and the lord uh, I love sports and I love talking about just everything. I love entertaining you guys. Um, thank God. Look, I wasn't able to record last week like I wanted to. If anybody knows about the downtown downtown bombing, I had no way to record, no way to 
to save anything, had no internet, no phone, no nothing, had no access to anything. So it, it, thank God that those six police officers, I, and you know what, I really want to recognize them, but those six police officers, they did an awesome job um, in just, you know, managing the situation before that thing went off. Uh, matter of fact, here are the six officers' names. If I say it wrong, please forgive me. Officer Amanda Topping, Brianna Hosey, Jeffrey Wells, Michael Sippus, Tyler Llewellyn, and, and, and Timothy Miller. Sergeant Timothy Miller. The rest of them are officers. Thank you. Thank you. Nashville 615. Love y'all. Happy New Year. Out. <laughs>